Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Welcome. I hope you are wonderful today and looking forward to a really interesting, beautiful, and exciting show. I certainly am. Back in 2007, after quite a bit of turmoil and dysfunction occurring in my life, I heard the words, do this now, you will heal and others will heal. Well, that got my egoic personality, identity, and workaholic self into action, which initiated 1111 Magazine and the radio show and a slew of other things. But looking back now, what really happened was a courtship, a relationship, a love affair, and the pursuit of a connection far beyond myself. And it came through writing. It came through language. It absolutely came through words. The words brought me back to life. They were alive. They were healing. They were a salve upon my soul. The words made love to me. They inspired me. They lifted me up and they held me. The words knew things that I couldn't say. They knew things beyond my experience. The words came from elsewhere. And as I've gone through my life journey and have had many ups and downs along the way, have certainly experienced the great polarity that life can be, I came to my last trilogy, and the realization in my last trilogy was that language was multidimensional, as we are that words can have varied meanings depending on who we are, the lens we come from, the way we say them, the tone of voice, how we hold them in our mouths, and how we let them roll over our lips. They come through our intention, and they come through our listening. And I've never really encountered anyone that spoke of language as this living organism in the way that I experienced it but couldn't put words to until I read Christina Donnell's book, Encounters with Living Language, Surrendering to the Power of Words. She has had numerous mystical experiences. Between 1997 and 2015, she experienced 92 illuminations on language and its deeper function in human awakening each a consciousness-expanding moment inspired by a message from the invisible world. This delighted my heart. It had my, had my soul soaring. It brought me to a place of communion. Because although our stories are very different, there was something about the way she wrote this book, about her experiences, and the sacredness with which she holds language, the word, sound, and its effect, impact, and inspiration that it has upon each and every one of us, whether we know it or not. Christina Donnell is a classically trained clinical psychologist. 
She's an author and a spiritual teacher who studied Eastern traditions and the shamanic energy practices of the Caro Indians of Peru for nearly three decades. She is the founding director of Winds of Change Association, a Minneapolis-based educational organization offering programs that cultivate humanity's evolving consciousness. Her multiple award-winning first book, Transcendent Dreaming, Stepping into Our Human Potential, chronicles her spiritual awakening through a form of dreaming that expands consciousness. Her most recent book, which we're talking about today, is titled Encounters with Living Language. Surrendering to the Power of Words awakens readers to the intrinsic energy of language that can connect us to the oneness that underlies all of life. You can find out more about her at ChristinaDonnell.com, and that link is in the bio description. But let me share a few words from her book. The consciousness springing from this encounter with living language is teaching me what it is like to embody the eternal. Unseen forces that coursing through the body can unveil a deeper reality and arouse from its slumber a sense of the primordial life I share with all creation. Birdsong strikes my retina as a pageant of color. I smell the magical tones of the wind. I hear as a great fugue the repeated, harmonized greens of the forest, the cadence of stormy skies. There are indications of possible future circumstances long before they occur. Christina Donnell, welcome to 1111 Talk Radio. I'm delighted to have you here. Thank you, Simran. It is lovely to be with you. Let's have a moment of communion. Mm, it, it really does feel that way when I'm with words, and especially someone that reveres sound and language and word so sacredly. And I think that's where I'd like to begin, because we live in a really noisy world. We do. Where we people do. are talking more than listening, where words are thrown about as if they have no value, and where we're not really holding language and sound in the reverence and temperance that is required to really tap into that eternal that you talk about. How do you view the world in terms of language today and the transition from where people are in this distracted, very busy, extremely talkative state to one where they can start to really experience and commune with language in the way that that we've been able to do? Beautiful question, Simran. Beautiful question. I can, <clears throat> I'm going to speak to America because, you know, my time in the Andes is very different. When you are at 17 or 18,000 feet elevation, um, there are no sound, sound bites, noise, uh, and even language isn't primary. So, but I'm going to speak to living in America. I do believe America is at a time of, of crisis. It's so sped up with a soundbite culture, a social media culture, a technology culture. And I think the beautiful gift of living language 
could go dormant during this time if we don't sow seeds of consciousness about its value. And what is its value? Well, here is its value. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the word. No, in the beginning was the silence. And then there was the word, the fiery explosion of the cosmos, the word, the living word, the living word. And then again, silence for a millennia. Deep, deep silence. Something this culture doesn't know. Depth and breadth of silence. And then soon, other galaxies and eventually the earth. The earth was born out of the silence. Living word. Living word. Let me fast forward to the first wind. Living word. That warmed over the ocean and helped the curvature of the mountains and eventually ferried the songs of rivers and the landscape and vegetation and animals, the living word, the living word. Let's go forward to Homo erectus. Absolutely on the earth, living as a part of the whole. Living as a part of the whole. It knew when the mountains sweat, there would be an avalanche. It, it knew the grass sings. It was connected in its sensory system to the whole. It was the living word. Now, let's go to Homo sapien. Our prefrontal cortex. And now, the wind within us can actually speak the word. The word. And for centuries except for our genius poets and, uh, and our genius probably mystics where their word lives on, the word has only been used to represent, to name. It's lost its connection to the greater world. And this book is Occasion, you know, I'm a mystical temperament. It's occasioned by 92 illuminations on language, where the language demonstrated to me it has more to offer. It absolutely has more to offer because it is connected to the whole. Under every word we use, it's not a fossil, it's not inert. There are a thousand roots connected to the unseen and the invisible and the forces that then connect to other things and bring us back into the multidimensionality and to the primordial and to our quantum nature. Language can bring us here. We your, have stories, a your stories within the book and especially what you have shared now, it's it's carried me back to the Sacred Valley, to Urubamba and yeah, several times where I have spent weeks in silence. And I certainly have not had the experiences that you nor the Caro have had in terms of their very subtle and rich connection to being able to hear the rhythms of the earth and yes. grasp the 
very sounds and languages that are being spoken from the crackle of the fire or the breaking of a twig or as the wind moves through the air, as you said. But all of these things color our life in an even greater way if we can open to that. And much of what you're talking about almost sounds like synesthesia. It sounds like tapping into a realm of the senses that expands so far when we do allow ourselves to go back to the very simplicity of the original sound, the very eternity of that sound. And it rests all around us. But with this busyness that exists, it's almost as if what's guiding us right now to return has to be the spaces of silence or the spaces even between words because people are not present to the sound and the words. Yes. Yes. It's an interesting time on the planet because I don't think humanity has been further from nature, the balance of nature, the sound of nature, nature living within humanity. It's an interesting moment in evolution where we feel, to me at the moment, a rogue wave that is not in cadence with nature. And living language it was from the beginning and it will be to, to the end. Everything arises out of the silence and it returns to the silence. So living language, to me, doesn't require spiritual dogma. It requires coming back into the space, as you said, the spaces between the words, the silence, the inciting and archetypal forces that are underneath when you are in your silence that will usher up a completely different dialogue because now the invisibles are in the room. Now the unseen is in the room. Now the other part of life that is not as we see it in the manifestation is here for us to experience. And with the way we wield language, I mean, right now, my, my goodness, we weaponize language. We use it as a weapon. But if we could return, if we could return to just enjoying a moment, let's say with a beloved, where you listen and you pause and you don't think about what you're going to say next and you let it enter the body, this is where living language lives. It lives in the body. Mm, that takes me to a line that you said, which was, when somatic sensory experience of the spoken or written word goes deeper into us, not stopping where it used to, new dimensions of reality are revealed. Language is embodied as thought gives way to direct perception. And when I think about somatics and how prevalent that has become as part of the conversation, especially regarding trauma, and we have this world of trauma yes. that is not just in our human beings, but that has now been 
trampled into our earth. Yes. That use of language, especially when weaponized, only creates more harm. But when we are in the silence, that initial somatic sense that we experience is a discomfort that we must sink into. And it is beneath that that at least I have experienced the illuminations. It's, it's being willing to sink in to that somatic terror and trauma that exists to go back to the original earth that we are to hear the sounds, the illuminations, the words, the inspirations that have to rise up. As a, a clinical psychologist, I'm sure you encounter a lot of people that are experiencing various levels of trauma. You speak about, you know, one woman numbing um, from the death of a child and other stories that are in the book. Talk a little bit about that somatic piece and allowing that experience of our somatics as it is now to guide us more deeply into our earthen bodies to hear the rivers and the winds and the storms that exist within us to better serve in the outer world? Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful question. It's a beautiful question. You know, right now, I think of human beings, homo sapien, because we are just a progression, right? In the living word, we are just a progression and we are of the living word. Um, but I think the you know, our frontal neocortex that just wants to be in the mind. And then you take technology and the busyness and the sped up nature. We have lost coming home to our true animal body, which is our nostrils, our skin, our eyes, our ears. Out the, the gateways that only, it's only through those gateways we actually can experience the world. And for some reason, in this moment in time, there's a numbing going on. I'm going to appreciate that in the creation, this is a period that we have to go through. But I am here to say, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, let's come back. Let's come back to this extraordinary body in which we are living in, which is, by the way, quantum. It's all light. And we have these sensory systems, nostrils, taste. Like, can you taste the different times of the day? It's like, yes, we can. We have to come back there. We have to come back to what these bodies were made for and to be as a part of the ongoing living creation, including we are an extension of the earth. And so I'm like, yes, come back, come back, come back. Come back to this sensory experience. And oh, by the way, yes, the word, the living word that we speak through the wind that has 
come across the northern plains. It depends on where you live. I live in Minneapolis, northern plains. You know, the winter, the Arctic wind is the wind from which you are speaking. And where do we lose this disconnection in that we just are wielding language to represent or answer something? And, and Simran, I just want to say, when you are connected at that deeper level, when you're in conversation with somebody, they feel those inciting forces. As a clinical psychologist, that is what happens in the room. Those invisibles and unseen forces underneath enter the room. And then suddenly the client has an epiphany or an awareness because we are connected through the word in our beloved conversation. So many of the exciting words and the types of things that come across, whether it's someone trying to um, become more known and market themselves, or whether it is a political figure trying to paint a picture, or even if it's someone that just really wants to send a zinger to someone else because they've been hurt. That seems to be language coming from the head. This living language doesn't feel like it's a heady thing. It feels like it comes from some other part of us. Is this stemming from the heart? Is it stemming from the soul? Is it deeply grounded in the body? Where is it that, especially this society, needs to drop into? to begin that stilling and quieting that has to take place, to even be able to hear their own uh, egoic words or weaponized words or busy words so that they continue to deepen and deepen and deepen until they really do touch their senses again. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, yeah. Where, where do we begin? Where do we begin? My mind wants to go in several directions here. You know, my Syrian call is humanity, human beings, at this time in our world, might you consider coming back home to the body and being embodied, being fully embodied, appreciating your senses, expanding your senses to see how they might connect you to the greater whole. That is my Syrian and Clarion call because of the times. Because of the times. And I know source and creation has a higher order. And I don't know this to be true. I absolutely do not know this to be true, but I'm, I do wonder if Homo sapien is just a middle ground between Homo erectus and possibly, let me just call it Homo illuminus. Homo illuminus, mm -hmm. where we use this wind that can language and speak, where it's not inert and fossilized, but it's alive and, and 
attached to a thousand roots underneath that brings us back to the connected whole. It, could that be where we are moving to, where we are with Homo erectus, who absolutely was connected to the whole? Are we just taking the neocortex and, and could we possibly, possibly connect it back up to an extraordinary sensory system? And the reason why I ask this question is because of the neurodivergent, because of autism, because of what we call a disorder. And what I know is that within autism, the non-speakers who eventually get on letter boards and can speak, oh my goodness. We all know in autism, the sensory system is off the grid. It is so heightened, but they're multidimensional beings. They are communicating from other dimensions. Some of them know four or five languages they were never introduced to. So when I think of what we call disorder, I might call, oh yeah, this is the mutation. This is the possibility. This is the possibility. Now, does it require being neurodivergent? No, it requires coming back to the silence, to the senses, to being connected to the whole. But if, if the culture isn't gonna do that, Creation is going to keep doing its beautiful job of evolving and mutating. And everywhere along the line, we have called Homo erectus, saw the first Homo sapien who started to speak, that was a disorder. The first dinosaur that flew, oh my God, the other dinosaurs are like, that is a disorder. And we call autism a disorder. But this is mutation. This is how the living word evolves on the planet. Mm. Christina Donnell says in her book, I've somehow become language's mistress. Like other mistresses, I'm living a secret life in the margins of society. When an illumination occurs, like a lover, it cleaves as through skin to skin, affecting every sense simultaneously. It envelops me in an awareness that is unsettling, yet suddenly releases me from the alienation experienced while passively observing, like a scream of liberation when making love. An immense harmony engulfs my soul. She says that she is the original light that illuminates the living word. It is time to do what you were born to do. Be language's mouthpiece. And that is what Christina Donnell is. Encounters with living language is for anyone who has heard or read a poignant line, and when penetrated by its meaning, had chills, or felt the hairs rising on the back of their neck. It's for anyone who has experienced the luminous power of language, and as a result, felt compelled to explore its quantum nature, ushering in new dimensions of awareness. The book not only reflects the corridors of this journey, but also reveals the role language could play in the profound changes currently occurring in human consciousness. I invite you to find out more about this book, Encounters with Living Language, Surrendering to the Power of Words, and everything else that Christina does by going to Christina Donnell.
www.thepowerofcommunication.com. We'll be right back with more of Encounters with Living Language and Christina Donnell after these messages. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more? More joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships? more empowered community, greater fulfillment, and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides, and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at imsimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Before I get back to Christina Donnell and her beautiful book, Encounters with Living Language, I want to mention my latest trilogy and hope that you will pick up the set. These are soul manuals and they are transmissions. You can use these books as oracles and simply open to whatever page in any or all three of the books simultaneously. Living the Seven Human Blessings of Experience allows you to encounter your identity the part of you that is more than likely more unconscious in the world than conscious, but moving through the world with the best of intentions. Being the seven illusions that derail personal power, purpose, and peace is where you discover not only your shadow, but your animal and monster nature, the part of us that actually is co-creating what's on this planet, and the deepest work that we are each here to do to discover the subtleties that we hold inside. And the third aspect of you is in knowing, 
the seven expressions of human grace. And that is where you give yourself your own human grace. It is how you start to decondition and become more natural, to return to the nature that you are, the true eternal nature of your humanity. And so I invite you to pick up these oracle books and keep them by your bedside. These are not books you're going to read front to back. You are going to read maybe a paragraph, perhaps a page, but not much more than that per day. And you will see why the books will slow you down because they are intended to help you pause. My guest today is Christina Donnell, and she's written a beautiful book filled with mysticism and story. It is something that you will pick up and read that you are nourished by and filled by, but that leaves you longing because there's a palpable something in this book that makes you want more, that makes you wonder, what's she talking about? What is that? I want that. And let her lead you. Let her help you touch the beauty of language. Let her help you encounter living language. This book is for anyone interested in simply entering into a more profound relationship with language. There's no prior experience needed. A deeper immersion in the hidden potential of language, well beyond its use to convey surface meanings, may not only help elevate your awareness, but possibly move you along an evolutionary trajectory. Christina says, I feel it's I feel in its plentitude an inexpressible comprehension of the wholeness of things, the abyss between me and objects closing until the difference vanishes, because we are all bathed in infinity. A subtle current passes from me into matter, while life forces of elements slowly pervade me, rising like sap, and I become nature, or nature becomes me in holy play, with unlimited joy. Who knew language could render such an incandescent affection for life as a whole, an affection no longer reserved for incarnate lovers? This is from her book, Encounters with Living Language, Surrendering to the Power of Words. Again, you can find out more at christinadonnell.com. Christina, you were talking about autism as we closed out the last segment, and I actually was contemplating this before the show. Because we are headed in a direction of mental telepathy, and I think these these individuals that are autistic are kind of leading us there. I do see us as a mutation, as you have said. And I'm wondering if the bridge between where we are now as a society and moving to that place of telepathy is actually poetry and song or these types of light transmissions that come through that are palpable, that raise your hairs and give you goosebumps, but in some ways are untouchable. And that perhaps that is what helps to slow people down or quench the thirst of the numbed heart or the empty soul that is needed right now. What are your thoughts on this? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm absolutely in agreement with you that, you know, what we call autism or spectrum or neurodivergent is likely a mutation on the planet. And of course, some of it 
you know, the maybe because of vaccines and chemicals, but it does not explain the proliferation. 1995, one in 500 diagnosed with autism. And five years later, 2000, one in 150. And now 20, in 2020, one in 36. It's growing. It, you know, it's a, it's a category that probably has a lot of different human beings in it, all in one category. But what we do know is that they're telepathic, prophetic. Unfortunately, they read their parents' minds. Um, There's something special there. And they're coming onto the planet. And I, I think as a mutation. But I agree with you, Simran. I, I think for those of us you know, stewarding ahead, handing the baton off to the next generation in terms of our own consciousness. Yes, we must come back to the beauty of a pause and of silence. You know, poetry is not... Many people are not reading poetry. And yet, the genius poet can transport the consciousness in one line. They can, you can read one line through spoken, written word, and it will transport the consciousness to a place it didn't know it could go. So language has this capacity. We have to go back to the great text. And the writers that are connected to the whole, who are living language themselves, who are transporting and, and transmitting this possibility in our everyday. And it's incumbent upon the human being to say, yeah, I I don't like the speed of the culture. I don't like the sound bite part of the culture. And for an hour a day, I'm going to go to the word to nourish me and be in the silence. You know, even meditation has fallen away at this time in the culture. And these places where we come back home to a sanctuary where we're not just looking at the next Instagram or Facebook or the whatever, that these that moment of sanctuary is absolutely our connection back into a greater world. And there there's so much out there for us, even in the written and spoken word, to come back to and let it transport our consciousness in such a way that we feel connected to the whole that we can actually have an eternal moment where the past, present, and future are happening simultaneously. Because guess what? This is a quantum body that has that capacity. Mm -hmm. A moment of sanctuary. Listeners, that's the thing to seek. A moment of sanctuary. 
In your book, Christina, you write, ultimately, the power of any word depends on the mindset of the person using it and the depth of embodied awareness from which it rises. Language speaks, sings, and reveals other dimensions, perhaps beginning the farewell of its usage only to represent the world. You say, I'm experiencing the deeper nature of its essence, its dimensional or even quantum capacity that moves us into expanded states of awareness. Beneath every word, a mystery lies. Forces more inciting than inviting live here, prompting each word, once inert like a fossil, to unexpectedly light up new forms of awareness. I want to focus back in on the depends on the mindset of the person using it mm-hmm. and the depth of embodied awareness. Mm-hmm. In, in my own latest work, uh, it's, it's written in a way to help individuals to understand what lens they're coming from and so what lens they're speaking from, acting from, thinking from. And this was really a powerful awareness as this was coming through me because I don't think people think of language as multidimensional. I don't, I think for the thinking mind and especially in the busy world, so many times words can be taken so literal and they don't take into account the energy behind the words, the intention behind the words. Talk a little bit more about that aspect of living language. Yes. When, when, one has embodied the living word and speaks from a place of of the living word being embodied, that does get transmitted into the room. It gets transmitted into the room because it's, it's the invisibles and unseen that are coming through the wind and, and being spoken. And so, you know, we all know someone, someone can say, thank you. And you're like, mm-hmm, styrofoam. It was a nice, it was a thank you. And then you can hear, thank you. Thank you. And you go, oh, wow, they really mean that. It's deep in their heart. It was deeply, and you can feel the difference. You can feel the difference of a word that is just thank you or thank you. It comes from a different place. And why I know this to be true in terms of the invisibles and the unseen is it's been brought home to me over years and years and years of my communities in San Francisco, Seattle, Minneapolis, of where everyone's like, yeah, don't even try to um, comprehend what she's saying, just absorb what she's saying. And and I'm like, what does that mean? You know, it took me a long time to figure that out. And I can remember in 2017 doing um, uh, a wisdom talk at a conference and everyone who came up to the mic said I can't remember a word you said but this is where my consciousness was transported to and that was it was a keynote address I did in 2017 at at the subtle energy medicine conference but that was the time where I realized 
Oh, and I'd already had the 92 illuminations. So the governing aim and the sensory experience and embodied. So my language is coming from a deeper place, but I, but it was that talk that made me realize whatever is going on with this transmission of the living language coming home definitely has a different impact on the listener. It's, it's, you know, it was a, Wisdom talks was spoken word, but there must have been 25 people at the microphone. Not one of them could exactly remember what was said, but they all had to talk about their experience because their consciousness was transported. And that to me was my definitive awareness and what made me decide to write the book that, oh, living language. And being the mouthpiece for living language is absolutely real. It's absolutely real. You know, I've always, I've always had this sense that the words that are said don't really matter. It's the tone, the vibration, and the frequency with yes. which they're delivered that yes. is really the impact. And in your book, you talk about that experience and also go into greater depth about how some people heard things that you never said, <laughs> which exactly. was fascinating. Mm-hmm. And that had me go into this idea of, okay, well, they say perceptions, everything, and we each perceive differently based on our experiences that we've had and the filters that we now believe life to be. And it made me think, wow, listening would be the same way, that as we listen, we would be listening from the places of our own experience, our own wounding which is why people not only hear things differently, but actually hear different things, as in the case in your chapter. What do you think? Yes, 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 yes. And, you know, I think in in my book, I mentioned doing a wisdom talk in uh, Washington State where one woman said, thank you for recommending this book on Aboriginal lifestyle. And I said to my assistant, I, I'm pretty sure I didn't. Did I? Did I? In that talk? Did I? And she's like, I never heard it. And when I wrote the woman back and said, well, I'm glad you picked the book up. And I, and, and then she said, and the first paragraph was essentially what you had been saying in the wisdom talk. Mm. I said, well, wow, that's beautiful. But Um, I never recommended that book. And she wrote back to the person next to me, absolutely heard the same thing, and we both wrote it down. I don't know how to explain in that, in the baptismal waters of the living word, in what is said and what is perceived, how that unfolds. But the deeper we go into the eternal nature and connection to the whole, the greater the magic is for sure, for sure. I think a big part of this does have to do with also where we are in our level of receiving our own humanity. And so we end up receiving these messages in the way that we need to. 
And in reading your book, I know you've encountered experiences that would bring forth a lot of grief. And for me, grief has been a portal. It's been a doorway that has opened me to the receptivity of words, inspirations, uh, paintings, ideas that I don't really know that I would have tapped into in any other way. Can you tell me if you feel like grief or any other experience or emotion is one of the necessities to breaking down some of the barriers of identity, personality, and ego that are required to surrender to our infinity and our eternity? I love the way you said that. I love, 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 love the way you said that. And yes, 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 yes. And excuse my language, grief sucks. It sucks. It's painful. It's hard. And it erodes away all of our conditioning, depending on the nature of the grief. But you know, you know, when when you lose lovers and a godson, and you know, my parents died early, uh, so I know grief well. It's it is my beloved friend. It brings you to a place of wantlessness, desirelessness, mm-hmm. goallessness. Three things our culture does not do well. And it makes you sit in that. And in the sitting of it, you come back to your original light and why you're on the planet. And it is painful. And as a clinical psychologist, even with my 24-year-olds, who the love of their life has just broken up with them, and I sit with them in their grief, I am so, I feel so gifted to sit sit in their grief to bring them back to their original essence and how they move forward even though it's extraordinarily painful this is where i get to say yes 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 (laughs) (laughs) in echo to you i i'm uh we only have a couple of minutes left and the one thing that i so deeply respect and resonate with you is their is a level of neutrality and detachment of any personal gain or any need for meaning that comes through your words, your voice, your expression. And that's a rarity, I find, in this world. But yet that's the necessity now, to be Mm. able to be devoted to the gift that we are given, whatever that is, without any attachment or agenda alongside of it. Do you have anything to end with in regard to that and the connection to living language? Two things. There's something with being in the deep silence and being moved into eternity due to the written or spoken word, that actually is like a healing balm that brings one to equanimity. 
doesn't mean that you don't have your feelings, but it does bring one to equanimity. And I just, I just think that's a, a simple truth. And I would also say, for those of us who, you know, perhaps we're ahead of the time, you know, I, I've heard over and over, this book is ahead of its time. And of course it is. It's looking at what is possible and also human evolution and mutation on the planet. So it's ahead of its time. And so when something is ahead of its time, if you have equanimity, you just sow the seeds of consciousness from a place of deep, deep love. And you just keep watering no matter what happens. It, it doesn't matter what happens. You just sow seeds. And I live incredibly urban, but I feel like I'm an urban farmer and that I'm just sowing seeds of consciousness. Mm, beautiful. That's the resonance. Christina Donnell says, sitting here stripped of personal initiative, I experience a light so tangible I can feel it passing through my fingers, heralding a transformation within me, a sort of change in government. It appears that my actions will no longer be propelled by the same consciousness as before, because my extraordinary experiences with living language have somehow led me to a destiny of incarnating the eternal in temporal time. I invite you to find out more about Christina Donnell's work. Pick up both of her books. You can go to ChristinaDonnell.com to find out more about her and everything that she's doing. And the title of the book is Encounters with Living Language, Surrendering to the Power of Words. Her other book is titled Transcendent Dreaming, Stepping into Our Human Potential. So pick both of those up, find out more, and begin to have your own encounter with living language. Thank you so much, Christina, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. Until next week, I am Simran. In love, of love, with love and as love. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Zimron next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.